Can a twisted family pass along its dark desires to commit a crime? How does a family after four generations all end up like this? Grab your crime hat and let's deep dive into the dark history of the Weavers family. You are listening to What the Hell Were They Thinking edition of Clap by Fire. You're listening to Clap by Fire. Hello and welcome. I'm Kai Maxwell, your host. Our co-host is Sham Eames and John Peterson. We have a surprise guest speaker with us today, and you are listening to Clap by Fire. If you're listening to today's episode and you want to check out what the story's about, you can hop on our Instagram page where we post pictures and videos about the topic that we are talking about today. And uh, you can go check it out, look at some pictures, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So go check it out. The handle is Instagram, Clapped by Fire Podcast. Some updates for you real fast. We are now available on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcast, Amazon Music. So if you weren't the biggest fan of Apple Music or Spotify, we now have two other options for you, Google Podcast, Amazon Music. Go get on there. Give us a like and a follow. And uh, if you're new here, welcome. How's everybody doing today? Hell yeah. <laughs> doing good, man. <laughs> Not bad. Cool, cool, cool. So who wants to talk and stick first? What have you guys been researching this week? What's uh, what's some cool stuff you've learned? Well, honestly. Throw in. Oh, no. Shot me first. Okay, you go so, for it. So <laughs> I, got, I got a thing, and it came from a professor at uh, Harvard saying that there's a mothership looking around our solar system. It's watching us with tiny probes called dandelions. So you see a lot of stuff in the papers about aliens nowadays. Uh, this Harvard guy says that uh, it's because there's a mothership in our solar system. They got brought here behind a uh, uh, asteroid um, a couple years ago. 2017, it looks like. So Interesting. All this it, alien it, it, stuff is because of the mothership. That's awesome. Hey, r- real fast, I'm so sorry I forgot to say this. Uh, Sean's brother Brad is actually on the pod with us today. Right. And, uh, I, uh, I I'm so sorry, dude. I totally forgot. It was just uh, my heart's beating because I'm talking today. So uh, you wanted to say hi, introduce yourself real fast, and let us know what your favorite episode of uh, Clap by Fire podcast is so far. Uh, what's going on? Name's Ryan. I am Sean's brother. Favorite episode of Clap by Fire is definitely going to end up being the motorcycle one. That's just mainly because me and Sean, we are always out riding motorcycles. Kind of big fan of like Sons of Anarchy, even though we know that it isn't very realistic. Still enjoy the show. Still kind of like that lifestyle. But that's definitely been one of my favorites. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, welcome. Thank you for playing favorites. And uh, I'm so sorry, John. I was thinking about that when you were talking. So you said there's a mothership. Where's the mothership located? Just in our solar system, was it says. My, my question is, is who told our government that they were called dandelions? Just just throwing that that's out there. Just what they're called. Just it's, it's what's out there. <laughs> <laughs> So, so real fast, the school and bones. We, we that's don't have yellow. all the answers, therefore, I don't have all the answers. School and bones. That's yell. Yeah. That's yell, right? Yeah. 
So uh, what secret organization at Harvard uh, is coming up with this? Oh, it's a professor. He did his research, man. Yeah, <laughs> smart guys. So if it comes from Harvard, then it's got to be true, right? <laughs> if it's part, it's part, if it's part of a secret society, I agree. <laughs> yeah, John, you got anything else for us? That's it. Awesome, Sean, you take it away, sir. Awesome, man. Now I just got some some sad news, dude. Um, on Sunday, you know, a violent tornado smashed through northern Mississippi and the Delta region, and unfortunately killed about twenty four people, and uh, just gutted the shit out of rural towns. It lasted for over an hour. And, um, yeah, it's just northwest of like 60 miles northwest of Jackson. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, those those families are still cleaning up the mess right now. It's just it is an awful mess down there. So and of course, the government's not going to send them any money, right? Uh, probably not. Uh. <laughs> but, yeah, it is a shit show. So interesting. Got anything else for us? No, that's that's the big news article so far. So, so Ryan, what have you uh, yeah. what have you read in the news this week? You, you learn anything new or any crazy stories that's uh, interesting? Um, you know, something that is kind of interesting. I know you guys don't like to end up getting in politics too much, so I won't touch too hard on it. However, um, the Arizona Supreme Court end up favoring Terry Lake and is now turning or kind of forcing the lower courts to end up looking into signal signature verification issues. So that was kind of a win on that end. And I mean, honestly, I, it doesn't really matter if you're left, right, center, however the case may end up, whatever side you end up leaning on. I feel like if you are swing it one way or another you need to end up being held accountable for that so i, I just thought that that was kind of interesting for so. sure signature verification i cannot tell you how many times i've i've signed a smiley face as my name probably shouldn't have said that because now i'm gonna have somebody uh still my identity now but uh <laughs> yeah that is interesting jeez Cool, cool. So I will take the talking stick. Um, I actually got quite a bit of stuff. <clears throat> the legend and the flipping goat, Michael Jordan, on his birthday in February seventeenth, or in February seventeenth was his birthday. He turned sixty years old, and uh, I know this was last month, but if you know anything about money and banks, uh, things take time to transfer. Um, but he has made. A world record by making the biggest donation to Make-A-Wish Foundation on his 60th birthday, February 17th. He donated $10 million. And, uh, you know, obviously, like, like I was saying, money issues with banks, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's officially in. Uh, Make-A-Wish has received it. And uh, that's just freaking awesome, Michael Jordan. Um, I know Hell lots yeah. of people that have used the Make-A-Wish Foundation Um my 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 wife actually has a friend that uh, her sister had leukemia, and uh, Make a Wish allowed them to go and spend four days in Hawaii with her whole entire family, and uh, you know had a great awesome experience, a great memory, and then yeah, sure enough, she ended up passing away about two months later. So uh, I don't know, that kind of strikes a little a little bit close to home, and you know, thank you, Michael Jordan, you're truly incredible. You're a goat. You're a myth. You're a legend. 
And uh, like I said, broke a world record by the biggest donation to Make-A-Wish Foundation. That is just absolutely incredible. Hell yeah. That is awesome. You actually started that off perfectly by saying the GOAT. um, Because he is and will always will be the GOAT. Uh, You started that off the right way. Have you guys seen The Last Dance? After watching that, dude, gained so much more respect than I already had for him. <laughs> ah, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, it's a good one. It's definitely a good one. So something else, too, in the news that I've been seeing that just kind of absolutely baffles my mind. This goes towards, like, the true crime. Uh, the Murdoch, uh, the lawyer that um, ended up killing his wife and his son for insurance claims. Um, obviously the guy's in jail, there's no one to, you know, inherit his stuff. And so they've actually to pay off like, or, you know, pay off, uh, legal fees and stuff. They've started auctioning off his estate, all of his furniture and stuff. And there's just a lot of just really creepy people that, uh, you know, you want stuff that a murderer had. And so, uh, I've just seen a lot of stories that like his couch sold for like $30,000, because people, you know, want a couch that a murderer sat on or a murderer slept on, you know? Like, it's freaking crazy. Like, at the same time, yeah, it's kind of cool. a very comfortable couch. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, dude, come on, you know? <laughs> I mean, I get it for, like, you know, uh, what's his name from Ghost Adventures has that museum out in Nevada. You know, he's got a whole bunch of... Uh, creepy murder stuff inside of there i understand if you're doing that for like a museum or you know some sort of thing like that but like for your own personal collection bro that's that's a whole new level of something twisted dude there was a set yeah, of antlers twisted for sure there's like a set of antlers that sold for over ten thousand dollars um and i, I don't know just kind of looking into this story that i was reading they actually referenced uh some silverware from the Jeffrey Dahmer uh, case and experience that his silverware sold for like $50,000. Like I Damn. said, it's Ooh. cool, but at the same time, I'm getting like this super like, that's fucked up vibe. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so there, there's that. You know, his stuff's getting auctioned off. Nobody really gives a shit, but just thought I'd bring it up. Something else that I've been seeing that's all over the news right now is Congress is looking to ban... Tiki talk because the China is stealing all of our data and information. Come on. And I, <laughs> I watched it for like 10 minutes and I just, I'm, I'm not, not going, not trying to go into to politics, but I think Congress is just freaking stupid, dude. They ask the CEO of TikTok. They say, uh, how do you, how do you know people's date of birth? That's, that's, that, that's violating their privacy. And then, you know, the TikTok CEO is like, well, when you create the app, it asks for your name and your age when you when you create an account. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, it's just kind of, I don't know. I just thought that was funny because, you know, like like Facebook, any any social media outlet that you create, they ask you your age when you create an account. And uh, I don't know, apparently Congress, when they were drilling this dude, thought that that was uh, that wasn't OK. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. Anytime the government starts watching too closely over our stuff like this, it's like, what's next? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then my last update. So our last episode was about the Lafferty brothers. And I actually went and I visited the Lafferty brothers house where the murders were committed, um, where the wife was strangled with the, um, 
the vacuum cord and then where the daughter was killed. So I went to the house in American Fork. Uh, it does look like an extremely old apartment. It is duplex. Has like a very brownish looking color to it. Um, there's there's a family living there, and a little little Hispanic family. I don't I honestly don't know if they know what happened in that house, but you can drive by it. Something that I thought was super interesting is there's actually a fire hydrant right in front of the house, which does not allow you to park in front of the house whatsoever because it's right next to. Um, it's right next to, like, the, the road curves right there. So it's like you can't park in front of the house. So I'm thinking that maybe they put that fire hydrant in just to protect the current residents that live there. But I did go to the house. Uh, didn't get any spooky feelings. Um, Sean wasn't there to communicate to the ghost. But I drove by. I'd seen it. <laughs> pretty pretty cool little bit of history. And like I said, the last episode, the address is up if you want to go drive by and check it out. But like I said, you cannot park in front of the house. But I went and I I did seen it. I did seen the house. <laughs> you did done seen it. Good job. <laughs> so yeah, the house is, it, it looks pretty modern. Like you'd never know what happened there. Or expect anything. Just drive it past it. You know what I mean? So. Oh, for sure, for sure. And and like something else too. So you know, I had a sister that was murdered, and there's people that are currently living in her house too. So I think it's just one of those things that if you buy it or live there. Maybe the landlord cares enough to like say, "Oh, hey, just so you know, there's a little bit of history about this place." Um, but other than that, I don't really think it's, you know, too crazy. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I know as a purchaser, I think that has to end up being disclosed, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Like if you're renting it out, if that does have to be disclosed, so I'd be interested. I think it does have yeah. to be disclosed if it happened within five years. Um, I took a real estate Certain class. Certain states it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends be... on the state, and it also depends. Yeah, yeah. There's other, some things involved there, but I think uh, I think in Utah, I think it's within five years. If it happened after five years, um, come on, what did it happen, John? I can't remember the date. 18, no, 19, uh, come on, bro, help me out. 1989? 84. 84? Okay, 84. yeah. So, yeah, I don't think in Utah I don't think in, don't think in Utah they had to, uh, can't even think of the Disclose word. Disclose it. Disclose it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, since Ryan's new to the podcast, um, we're going to uh, hop in the Clapmobile, and yeah, you can take shotgun, bro. Sweet. Okay, Damn hop it. in, boys. Hop in, boys. It's gonna be a good one. Okay, guys, I want everyone to put on their crime tinfoil hats today. So, uh, refreshing my spike. We're good. I got mine on. I uh, actually made I got a new my one. On. My last one broke, so I put like two little horns in the front and like a little red dot, you know? So, Ryan, I made you one, bro. <laughs> awesome. awesome. It's got, like, it's got little, little wings on it and stuff. So, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Okay, so today's story, we're going to hop right in, and um, I'm just going to let you guys know uh, at the beginning here, um, the story today is about a, a generation of, of, of families and two two people in this family. It's very well documented what they did and you know stuff like that, but the other two people in this family, it's not very well documented, so I... Uh, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. I actually watched a little short documentary about today's topic. And so just letting you guys know, um, 
based on the research, like I said, there's two people in this story. Information's documented super well. And uh, when I talk about the other two people, um, sources weren't the most reliable. Just giving you guys a fair warning. Gathered all the information, and I'm just going to share what I have learned about the story. So, cool. Let's get to it. <clears throat> so, right. before we start off, I'm going to ask you guys a quick question. Do you believe that, uh, like, is crime, are people, like, like obviously we understand that people, like, born and have urges to kill, but do you think that is possible to have it, like, in someone's genetics and passed down from generation to generation to generation? Like, Me, personally, I, I don't think it's hereditary, no. No. No, I don't think so. I think it's taught. Yeah. What What do you think, uh, John? I think there's a little bit of, uh, you know, say if someone has some psychological issues in their family that could be transferred down, um, that could, you know, be part of it. But I think the majority of it is um, learned, especially with like, you know, of childhoods and stuff like that. So the yeah. majority of it is is learned, and the rest is and a lot less of a hereditary. So after today's story, you, you might you might change your mind a little bit. So we're gonna hop go. right in. So uh, this guy's a third, and so if I say ward, I, I'm gonna tell you which ward I'm talking about when I start, and then I'm not gonna say junior and third just because I don't want to say it 500 times. So I will disclose that before I start talking about the person we're talking about. But just know. Uh, I'm not going to say the third, the junior, the fourth, yada, yada, yada. Okay. <laughs> so Ward Weaver, the third was born April 6th, 1963 in Humboldt County, California to Trish and Ward Jr. His father had a short temper and would beat his wife pretty regularly. And uh, we're going to jump more into his uh, his father's history a little bit, but uh, all we really know about his father is uh, he knocked a girl up, she had Ward, and then in 1967, he was like, yeah, Ward, screw you, I'm out. Giving the boy daddy issues. <laughs> his mother then married an abusive alcoholic by the name of Bob Budrow, and the family re relocated to Portland, Oregon. I'm from Southern Utah, so I know a lot of people say Oregon or Oregon. What do you guys say? The Oregon. 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 It's not Oregon. 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 Okay. okay. <laughs> so this is actually the same town where my grandparents lived for a while. Ward had very humble upbringings, um, loaded with abuse, uh, emotional and physical. At a very young age, um, his stepdad, like I said, was an angry drunk. He would beat his children. He would actually rape Ward's sister and um, would also beat uh, Ward's mom. Great a piece of shit, huh? Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, your dad, your dad dips, has you, leaves you, and then your stepdad comes along and just emotionally abuses you your whole entire childhood. So Ward yeah. had a brother and a sister. Like I said, uh, they're both uh, abused physically and um, mentally. 
The dad would get super drunk all the time, um, obviously spending a lot of the family's income on, on drugs and stuff. And so, you know, didn't have a lot, didn't have any toys. Like I said, Ward probably has some daddy issues. Uh, the dude just had an absolute terrible upbringing. And um, at a very young age, Ward, after his dad would beat him or after something would happen, he would get extremely angry. And his mother would say, Ward, you're angry just like your dad was. And that pissed him off even more. At a very young age, just, just would get super heated, super angry. And, you know, referencing to your dad, your dad that left, that probably doesn't make him feel any better. <clears throat> Let's see if I can do a country accent. If your real dad beats you, you might become a killer. <laughs> if if your stepdad beats you, you might become a killer. If you show extreme rage and anger at a young age, you might become a killer. If your brother steals your green army man and you threaten to kill him, you might become a killer. <laughs> Supposedly when he was a young age, his brother said that he would like steal his toys, do typical older brother stuff, and Ward would get angry and tell his brother that he was going to kill him. I think uh, I've to you a couple times, Ryan, but you know. <laughs> never to that extreme. I don't know, right? So just don't touch my green army men. Leave my green army men out of this so we won't have any issues. That's why he never had to threaten to kill him. He never right. touched my green army, man. <laughs> right. Did you guys ever do that? Where you like, you, you had like the green and, and the gray, or the green and like the sand color-ish, whatever the color is, and you'd, you'd set them all up, and then you would get like a ball, and you'd take turns throwing at each other's like line of defense, and whoever had the last, the most people standing up at the end, like one. You guys ever play that? So we used no. to take like those little green army men and Barbie dolls and stuff and have like big old wars in the backyard and we'd put firecrackers down their necks and blow them up. So that's what we got down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so continuing on the story, uh, Ward's, Ward's uh, this is Ward the third, Ward's early childhood. Uh, he's probably an A student of his class, uh, getting all the girls, probably, probably super popular kid or... Or he's that weird kid that's staring over at you while you're taking a pee in the urinal. You ever happen that to you where someone comes and pees right next to you and just awkwardly looks at you? Oh, I'm that guy. <laughs> yep. You guys ever play the I'm Wii? The... <laughs> nice cock. There's <laughs> no eye contact. No <laughs> eye contact. Or when you're taking a shit, he's that weird kid popping his head underneath the stall, like just <laughs> awkwardly staring at you and just saying, nice cock. <laughs> or he's that feel kid. Like you're judging that... my childhood. <laughs> I'm not judging your childhood at all. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's that kid at the playground that just awkwardly stands there, watches all the other kids, and his hands are just super deep in his pockets. <laughs> JK, if you didn't think that was a joke, uh, well, JK, so. <laughs> in 1981, a teenage relative of Ward reported to the police that, had, that she had been beaten and repeatedly raped by Ward. The county prosecutor decided not to press charges as Ward, uh, he just enlisted in the armed services. 
Hey, you raped your cousin. This ain't fucking Alabama. This is Oregon, you daddy issue loser. Oh, wait, you're enlisted. Nah, drop the charges. This boy's going to go serve his country. Um, I don't know how Ward somehow graduated high school in Portland. Uh, so he graduated. He did end up graduating. I have no idea how. Sounding like an A student, you know. He graduated from Marshall High. Um, started serving in the Navy. And in less than a year, he got discharged for heavy, heavily drinking on duty. While he was in the army, he met a native Filipino woman, and he ended up bringing her home. Her name was Maria. They moved. They moved in with her parents in, in, in her parents' house, and after five months, she soon becomes pregnant. Maria and Ward started getting in fights. And, uh, you know, we heard about Ward having this super angry temper. He just started beating the absolute shit out of his wife. Uh, three times that I was able to find in sources, he beat her so bad that she would end up in the hospital for a few days. So let me ask you a question. If you're in a relationship with someone that's decking you so hard in the face that you have to go to the hospital and get on a breathing tube for a couple days, do you stay with the person? Hell no. Jesus, I'd hope oh, not. No. Maria, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you could have left this piece of shit at any time, but, you know, when she goes to the hospital, she talks to the police. Police, you know, she tells them, I don't want to press charges. I actually fell down the stairs with constantly make-up excuses, helping this piece of shit out. I don't know if she was scared of him or what, but uh, Maria, you just won the Idiot Award of the Year. So... He keeps beating her, and in 1982, they have their first child. <laughs> and uh, when the baby comes out, um, so, you know, Ward is a white guy. He married a native Filipino woman, and uh, the baby's also Filipino. Finds out he's not the dad. Oh, shit. So what do you do, Ward? Yeah. You keep beating your wife, right? <laughs> Golly. So... He ends up having some stepchildren because, you know, the first kid wasn't his, but he ended up having um, four children with Maria, and uh, they ended up getting married in 1984. So, like I said, I don't understand what's going on through Maria's Maria's head. Um, she ended up still marrying the piece of shit, and so after having their four children, they moved, back, they moved to uh, Bakerfield, California. On June 15th, 1986, uh, you know, his children are starting to grow up a little bit, and a family friend comes over. Um, they're just kind of playing in the front room, and um, Ward just starts getting just explosively angry. Um, you know, oh, she sat on my couch. Oh, she's eating my food. Oh, just got super angry. So the girls actually went in the backyard to play. Ward goes outside and picks up a, just a chunk of, of cement and strikes the 15-year-old Jennifer or Donda in the back of the head with just a freaking piece of cement. Holy shit, dude. Ugh. So, obviously, this guy has anger issues. Obviously, you know, his whole entire life, we've kind of seen that, you know, he was abused as a kid, has his anger. His wife, or his, not his wife, his mother is telling him, you're just like your father. You're just like your father. And, uh, you know, beating his wife, having all these problems, and now now he, he hits his daughter's friend, uh, Jennifer, in the head with a block of concrete. <clears throat> the police come and arrest him. Uh, 
sorry, officer. Just got so angry. Uh, she, she, she's breathing my oxygen, officer. Oh, I just couldn't help it, officer. Yeah, I just, I just didn't know what I was doing. You know, he just played dumb, made up these stupid excuses of how it wasn't him. He was overreacting, yada, yada, yada. Ward III gets charged with assault, and he is sentenced to three years in prison. And three years in prison, you know, his wife gets a job. They keep raising the family. Uh, after his three years is up, he gets out and uh, gets right back to beating his wife again. She ends up ending up in the hospital a couple months after him uh, getting out of, uh, out of prison. Maria, like, what? What's going on, Maria? <laughs> yeah. So after all this shit, Maria finally decides to, to uh, in 1993, to file a restraining order against Ward. And uh, after the restraining order, in 1995, she finally divorces the piece of shit. And, uh, you know, it probably saved her so much headache. How, how, what, do, what do you do if your friends come over and they're like, oh, hey, I heard about your husband hitting that chick with the... With the cement blog, like, like, what do you say? Oh, he's a great guy. You know, you know what I mean. Like, what, what do you say? How do you defend this guy? Not only that, but I mean, if he's going to prison for three years, you got all three years to end up getting away from him as quick as possible, right? And he'd probably never end up getting out and finding you. At least that's that's what you hope, right? So, why don't just leave him then when he's in prison? Yeah, I have right. no idea. I, I just I don't I have no idea. So she ends uh, up a restraining order in 1993, divorces him in 1995. Well, meanwhile, uh Ward just gets a new girlfriend, right? Maria meant nothing to him, gets a new girlfriend, and he starts beating her. And uh they get in an argument where Ward beats her so bad with a cast iron skillet that puts her in the hospital for over a week. And what does the new girlfriend do? I'm not going to press charges. I fell down the stairs. Ward didn't do nothing. I love him. So she ends up getting out of the hospital, and in 1996, they are married. What? So I just want you to think real fast. How much of a charmer is this guy? Like, what what in the hell is this guy saying to get these girls, dude? what, What is he saying to these women to make them so loyal? Like... Holy hell. <laughs> Lord. So, uh, you know, he, you know, obvi- obviously, you know, she comes back, they get married and then it's like, please come back. It won't hurt you. You know, beat the shit out of her. Then it's, it's, it's just a repeat. So now we're going to jump into the timeline of Ward Jr. So we just talked about Ward the third. Now we're going to go back a little bit. And we're going to jump into um, Ward Jr. So this is Ward's father. So there's also not a lot of information about Ward's father. Um, Same thing. He grew up and his father um, beat and raped him and his siblings. And so it's literally just generations and generations of just hardcore abuse, sexual assault, um, this family is not living the American dream in any way, shape, or form. You know, constantly, all these people are having criminal records, they're getting in, in trouble. And so, when I asked you guys the question, you don't think that it was genetic, you think it was bred. So, you, you're still going with that that answer, correct? 
Yeah, I'm still going with it. So, yeah. Okay, sounds good. So we're junior. Um, grew up. Father um, abused and raped them. The father also would rape like the cousins and stuff. Pretty, uh, pretty fucking disgusting. So when he gets old enough, he uh, he joins the war. Also, he goes and fights in Vietnam. And after he gets back from Vietnam, he knocks up a girl, which eventually has Ward the Third, Ward Weaver the Third. And then he just takes off because he doesn't want to be a dad. So what he does, he becomes a long-haul truck driver. And um, I guess he really, really liked the job because he had some PTSD from fighting in Vietnam. Um, he claimed he told a lot of people that he fought in Vietnam, killed people, yada, yada, yada. But records show that uh, he actually didn't even see any action. So... Obviously going around, you know, making up stories to make himself look look good. Comes a long-haul truck driver. Says he likes his job because it's quiet. He's pretty much his own boss. Gets to do his own thing. In 1981, he was driving his route, and he found a young couple whose car had broke down on the side of the road. He got out, went over to the car, asked him what was wrong, offered to help them. He goes back to his truck, comes back with a pistol, shoots the husband in the head, Repeatedly rapes the wife and then kills her also. He Damn. then takes their bodies back to his home and he buries them in a drum in his backyard and he covers the slab with cement. So wow. this couple goes missing for a little while. No one knows where they are. A couple months go by and they're able to extract some DNA from the crime scene that leads them to Weaver Ward Jr. Um, they go find him, they arrest him, and uh, he pretty much confesses to everything. And uh, after investigating this guy, they, they started having like all these missing people that they're looking at. There was a bunch of sex workers that had gone missing. There was 26 women that they that they had been reported missing that went missing on his truck route. He had his truck route for multiple years, but there was 26 women missing on this route. He kills this couple. He becomes a, a prime suspect for a serial killer. They then put him in jail, yeah. and uh, after he's waiting trial, he tells a lot of other people that yeah, he'd killed a lot. He'd, he'd kill hookers. He'd pick them up. Um. You know, have sex with them, then he'd kill them, then he'd just throw them off on the side of the road, um, stuff like that. So he ends up going to trial, and uh, he gets a plea deal where he d he confesses, and the court pretty much uh, found a loophole in his confession, and they give him the death penalty in 1984. Good. So his dad, you know, they, they for sure have evidence that he killed this couple, buried him in his backyard, poured cement over it, but they suspected him as a serial killer, as when he was in, sh in jail for a short time waiting trial, he did tell a bunch of other inmates that he had killed a bunch a bunch of sex worker women. There's 26 murders that the FBI believe that he is responsible for. Then again, he is dead now, and they do not have the evidence for it. But uh, that is Ward Weaver Jr. So Dang. the father, super abusive, raped his children, you know, domestic, you know, beat him up, shit like that. His son then becomes a serial killer. Uh, charged for killing two people, speculated that he killed 26 people, and then Ward the Third, you know, anger, beating his wife and his kids, 
I guess you know where this story is going, right? Getting worse. So back to Ward the Third. He's been married twice. He's been in and out of jail. And in 1997, he starts cheating on his wife. This guy is a, a, just a just a piece of shit, true trooper. Uh, obviously, winning the husband of the award, uh, a husband of the year award, almost every freaking year. Um, you know, the girl that he's having an affair with and his girlfriend, he's beating both of them, putting him in the hospital. And uh, I, I just don't understand how you could be a police officer and you're like, dude, this dude's wife has been in here three times in the hospital, three times because he beat the shit out of her and she she denies it. You know what I mean? Right. Obviously, right. you can uh, only fall downstairs so many times. <sighs> Obviously, the times have changed, and that wouldn't be allowed anymore, but uh, back in the 80s, <laughs> 80s and 90s, apparently it was a different story. <clears throat> so his kids are growing up, and um, Ward's daughter's now in middle school, and she gets into these dance classes, and she starts having some friends come over, and they start practicing um, dance at uh, the Weaver's house, or, the, or Ward Weaver's house. What a great place to allow your children to practice dance, you know? This guy's been in out of jail for hitting a girl in the head with a cement block, and now girls are coming over to his house and uh, practicing dance there. Jesus. Like, obviously, this isn't going in the right direction, right? Like, obviously. Do not know what happened? <laughs> like, there's no way in hell I'd let anybody over there. What the hell? Doing the research on this, I just, I just don't understand how people can be so stupid and naive, you know what I mean? Right. Obviously, this is back in the day when people probably didn't lock their doors. Everyone was so nice. But still, this guy has just an awful record. He should be in jail for life. And still, it's just, it just, it keeps, it, life just perfectly keeps setting him up for mischief and trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. So his daughter starts having these two girls come over. One is named Ashley Pond. Pond. And the other one's name is Marinda Gabis. And, uh, you know, Ward starts being super creepy with them. You know, when they're dancing, he's probably standing over there with his hands super deep in his pockets again, just like when he was a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ashley Pons and uh, Marinda, they start going home and they start telling their parents that... Uh, you know, this guy, they're going over to these dance practices, and uh, he's sexually harassing them. He's making rude and crude comments toward them. He's getting aggressive with them. And uh, Ashley Pons reported that uh, Ward Third had actually physically had touched her. So they go report this information to the police, and the police start building a profile against this guy. They start connecting the dots, looking at his history. He's beating women. There's no charges for that. He has a criminal record of staying in jail. And, uh, you know, now he's trying to touch the, the, these 14-year-old girls, making them feel uncomfortable, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> so the, the morning of January 9th, 2002, Ashley, Ashley and Marinda actually lived in the same apartment complex. And uh, if you, you can look up pictures of this online, but they would walk out to the street. They would walk down 
probably about half a block. They would cross the street and they would walk up about another block and that's where their bus stop was. So it wasn't very far. It literally was just this L loop that Ashley and Marinda would walk down to this bus stop. Yeah. January 9th, 2002, um, Marinda walks to the bus stop by herself. She doesn't know where Ashley is. Seems kind of odd. She goes to school. You know, people are asking where they are. They don't know where they are. And uh, the school calls uh, Ashley Pond's parents, tell her that she's not there. Uh, the parents immediately go to the police and report that their their daughter, Ashley Pond's age 14, is missing. This massive search in the town... Everyone starts looking for her. She isn't known as a girl that is known for, like, wandering off, getting into trouble. She's a good student. And uh, they can't find her anywhere. The police was like, hey, Ashley Pond's parents, a couple months previous, had come over and reported that this Ward Weaver guy had reported, or they had reported him for sexual harassment for their daughter. And so, obviously, Ward becomes a prime suspect is this like the perfect crime or does this guy sound like a complete dumbass complete dumbass <laughs> so he's the prime suspect but he does have an ace up his sleeve the police come to his house and uh when he's talking to police he says you were targeting me because my father was a murderer my dad killed people, and so you think that I killed people. That's not right. But then he tells police, he's like, hey, I actually uh, just put in this new cement, and I'm going to install a hot tub in my backyard. You want to see it? Takes the police in his backyard and shows them this fresh new laid cement that he's going to put a hot tub on top of. This guy's a genius. Please connect the dots for me. Can anybody tell me this guy's IQ level? <laughs> yep. We're under this mat. <laughs> so, uh, you know, father like son, right? This is three generations right. of absolute shit. But in, in all honesty, we don't know who has murdered Ashley yet in the story. We're going to continue on until we find out. But, you know, come on. Use your brain. <laughs> Tells the police, you know, going to put a hot tub here. Me and my family are going to go hot tub in. She says, like, I'm an American, I pay my taxes, gets all, like, you know, patriotic with them, yada, yada, yada. And then he just keeps on telling them, he says, you're targeting because my dad. You can't expect me to be a murderer just because my dad was a murderer. And so the police end up leaving, and uh, they don't have any evidence. If you understand how the law works, you can't just go search someone's property. You have to have probable cause, and I guess based on... The evidence that they had, they did not have enough evidence for a search warrant or anything. Little did they know, the police, uh, you know, I pro I'm, I'm sure they felt pretty stupid after this, you know? <laughs> so, um, three months go by, and the, the search for Ashley Pond continues. Um, parents are looking, they're still, you know, looking at all the places like the Creek she'd go play in or out, you know, Oregon's a beautiful, beautiful state. If you've never been there, uh, there's a lot of forest area. A lot of people are looking out in the forest. Uh, no one can find Ashley Ponds. She's missing. Three months later. Yeah. On March 8th, Marinda Gabis 
the girl that would go over to Ward Weaver III's house for dance practice and also would walk to the bus stop with Ashley Pons goes missing. Lord. Same thing. People start freaking out. Two girls have gone missing in three months. So what do they do? They go over to Ward's house again to question him to see if he'll break or if he'll say anything. Ward does the exact same thing. Says, stop blaming everything on me. Just because my dad was a killer does not mean I'm a killer. Guys, it wasn't me. Come on. Come on. It wasn't me. <laughs> it was the one-armed man. It was uh, it was the Oregon ghost that's in the forest, you know? It's uh, some spooky shit. Ask Sean Eames about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, two girls are going missing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they can't find them. They're looking for them. And, uh, dude, this, this, uh, like I said, doing the research on this, this guy is so fucking stupid. So if you if you are a suspect of murdering two people, what do you do to get yourself caught? Something extremely stupid, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe like beating your wife or or uh, you know. So, <clears throat> like I said, he's playing the victim. He's playing the victim on August thirteenth. Uh. Five months later, after um. Ashley Pons and Maria go missing. Ward's own stepson. So you know that that his son that he had that was full on Filipino wasn't actually his kid. Right. Yeah. yeah. He calls police and he says, "Hey, my dad's trying to rape my girlfriend. She's 19 years old." Boom. That gives <laughs> that gives the police all the information that they need for a search warrant of Ward Weaver the Third's house. A fucking time. The FBI is looking in on this case because, you know, two kids go missing. And like I said, Ward Weaver III, he's the prime suspect. Nobody else even comes close to being the prime suspects. What do they do? Search warrant of his house. Boom. They go. They go, and uh, he had a little shed in his backyard. And they go to that shed, and they find the remains of Marinda, Marinda Gabbis in a fucking box, cardboard box, dude. She'd been dead for five months, and she was just in a box in a shed. Just rotting in a box. Holy hell. So what happens is they call on the cadaver dogs. The cadaver dogs come in. Obviously, they get a scent. Uh, They hit up the cement, and uh, they find Ashley Pond's body in a 55-gallon drum that had cement over it. Like father, like son, right? He literally did exactly what his dad did. Right. Right. Like, like you're committing a crime and it's just, <laughs> what did daddy do, you know? <laughs> what did daddy do, you know? Oh, oh, this is what daddy did. Okay, I'll, I'll do this too then, you know? Like, this guy is just so fucking stupid. Wow. So, you know, Ward is immediately arrested, <clears throat> taken to jail. He's charged with aggravated murder. He's charged with sexual abuse. He was raping these dead corpse. Oh, my God. Gets charged with uh, defiling a body, and um, they set him up for the death penalty. But they give him a plea bargain where they say if he confesses to everything, he'll get a life sentence without parole. 
So obviously, what does this piece of shit do? Oh, I don't want to die. So he confesses to everything. And uh, so he's given a life sentence without the possibility of parole, meaning that he is in jail for fucking ever. And so this is actually really, really disturbing, too. So he, he's in jail. And uh, Miranda's older sister, for some reason, decides to go and visit Ward in prison. She visits Ward's in prison, and she has a conversation with him where she says that, I just want to know how you did it and why you did it. And uh, I guess, so those those phones, I guess they actually record it in case, you know, they admit to crimes and stuff like that. But he... uh, he told Marinda's oldest sister that he, you know, kidnapped her on the way onto the bus, was driving, pulled over, grabbed her, um, strangled her, took her home, would rape her, and then, you know, just threw her in a cardboard box in the backyard. And he actually said that he was planning on Marinda's sister on being his next victim. Holy shit. Jesus. So you go there, and the, and the killer basically just goes, yeah, and you were supposed to be next. So... <laughs> Yeah, pretty, pretty freaking crazy. So he has a life sentence. Good. Thank, thank God he's put in jail never to be his wife or um, ever have, you know, hurt anyone ever again. So this is where, this is where the story starts receiving some justice. I hope he's somebody's bitch in jail. So the people in prison start learning, uh, start, start learning what he's doing. Now they start, uh. You know, a couple fights here and there, push him in the corner, gets decked in the face a couple times. But on March 4th, uh, he went down to the prison barber to get a haircut. And I guess the prison barber knew what Ward had done. And he aggressively tacked Ward in the neck and on the shoulder with a knife. Um, Didn't kill the guy. Ward received treatment, but he's still life in prison. So he's definitely getting bullied and picked on right now. Okay. Serves him right. <laughs> so so there's th- there's three people we, we've talked about uh ward weaver the guy that uh would rape and molest children aggressively beat him we talked about ward weaver jr the guy that knocked up a wife became a young uh a long haul driver killed a couple buried him in his backyard and then we talked about ward weaver the third and uh you know he got charged for the murder of Ashley Pons and Marinda. And uh, do you think our story ends there, guys, or do you think that this generational shit keeps going? Holy shit. It keeps... Generational stuff always keeps going. It keeps fucking going. It does not end. Good lord. Obviously, Ward Weaver was a piece of shit, beat his wife, beat his kids. So, his stepson... Francis Ward Weaver, this is the Filipino guy that wasn't actually his son. <clears throat> this is the same guy that Ward, he called the police and pretty much got Ward in trouble because he was, uh, you know, attempting to rape his 19-year-old girlfriend. On February 14th, he is arrested, and it's because he cold-killed his drug dealer. Drug dealer asks for money, pulls out a gun, shoots the guy in the head. He's running away from police. So what does Francis do? He's really, really angry. So he drives by a crowd of people, ends up just firing a gun into a crowd of people multiple times. Um, Doesn't actually end up hitting or injuring anyone, probably because he was a really shitty shot. (laughs) 
probably uh, probably was that straight A student in school, you know, staring at the other kids in the stall, um, you know, looking underneath the door, just like his daddy, you know. So uh, he ends up getting arrested, and uh, he's charged with uh, he's charged with murder for um, killing his drug dealer, and then also attempted murder for um, shooting into a crowd of people. And uh, they just decide to give him life in prison. So thank God, Ward Weaver the Third and his son Francis Ward Weaver are both currently serving life sentences without the possibility of parole. Jeez. So uh, yeah. do you think do you think that this stops there? <laughs> it does. Know. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where the story gets so. kind of crazy. I'm gonna give a shout out to my uncle Dave. He's the guy that told me this story. And uh, my uncle Dave, he lived in Oregon when when this was happening. He lived two blocks away from Ward Weaver the Third. Holy shit. He was the guy in my family that was telling everyone that he lived by a killer that was burying people in his backyard. So shout out, Dave. Love you, buddy. <laughs> um, and I'm not trying to say anything either, but he's also a long-haul truck driver. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's the guy that shot, told me about this story. And so, uh, you know, it hits a little closer to home because uh, I've had a family member that lived right next to this dude when all this shit was going on. He was so, a long-haul uh, truck driver. Do we know his whereabouts uh, during uh, some of those things? Um, so, so, so real fast, uh, my <laughs> Uncle Dave, he got married. And like I said, my uh, grandparents lived in Portland, Oregon. They have actually relocated to the uh, beautiful state of Washington. But, um, yeah, he, uh, you know, after high school, uh, got married and moved and... Uh, Still lived in the general area, but he lived two two blocks away from from uh, Ward Weaver the third of this dude burying people in his backyard. That's crazy. Yeah. So just a little refresher before we uh, we end this four generation. This is a four generational we uh, four generations of just absolute domestic violence, just abuse, and so you guys all said that you don't think it was genetics. You think that all these guys were bred. And, and taught and just, just living in this lifestyle is what caused all this, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a history of trauma happening from generation to generation just kept escalating. Yeah, I agree. Pretty crazy. So the Weaver family has been clapped. And like I said, you can hop on our Instagram pages right now. And you can actually look at the pictures. Um, there is not a picture of Ward Weaver, but there is a picture of Ward Weaver Jr., Ward Weaver the third, and also Francis Ward Weaver. Obviously, they didn't want to have a fourth, so they named the last one Francis. Thank God. <laughs> Jeez, that was a pretty good story, man. So Crazy the Weaver family day. has been clapped. That's good. Yeah. What do you guys think? Pretty crazy. Uh, crazy. It was crazy. Goes down to your ankle, man. Yeah, like I like I said when he told me about like like okay, so I remember growing up. So all my uncles, they're, they're like, they've all got like full-on sleeves, you know, smoking the big O cigars. Like if you saw them, you'd think they're like fucking gangsters, dude. They just, you know, grew up in, <clears throat> my parents or my grandparents, they lived in Redding, California, and then they ended up moving to Portland. And um, so, 
you know, just a California vibe, just big beefy dudes. But the, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've heard him a couple times say, oh, yeah, I used to live by a guy that would bury people in his backyard. And then he, uh, he you know, a long haul driver says he listens to the podcast and they told me about the story. And I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, dude. I'll cover the story. And like, like I said, uh, Francis and Ward Weaver III, there is a lot of information on them. Uh, Ward Weaver and Ward Weaver Jr., um, not the most reliable sources, but just based on all the research that I did, like I said, I watched a documentary on Amazon, and then I watched a bunch of YouTube, video, YouTube videos of uh, reporters doing information about it and, and police, and so there's that there. But yeah, it's pretty pretty freaking crazy. Four generations of just... Of just shit. So uh, be that person that, that, you know, if you had a crappy childhood, make sure your kids have a good childhood. <laughs> For real. Did your uncle actually know the guy or just know of the guy? So I didn't know the guy. Um, like I said, Ward Weaver is like 45 at the time that all this shit was, or he was like in his mid-40s when all this happened, and my uncle was newly wed, so he was like 23, 24-ish. So... Didn't know Crazy. the guy, just uh, said he lived two blocks away from him in, in Oregon. So, hmm. Oregon, pretty fucking crazy. But, yeah, that's all we have today. Um, so, uh, next episode is going to be on Wednesday, and then we'll go back to Sunday. So, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Other than that, I hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. See ya. Peace.